good, everybody. Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast. I am Rob Stats Guerrera here with you alongside Levin Black. What up, Levin? I'm ready to do this. We got Grant. We've talked about it before, getting him on. We finally did it. I mean, we had him on once technically on the network, I think. But that was like, what, six or seven other people on? Yeah, so don't worry. We'll get into it. We're very grateful for Grant. If you're new to the show, this is where you get the hot takes, mostly from me and the cold truth, mostly from the human wet blanket, Levin Black. Please rate, (laughs) review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. You have just heard him. That is the man. Grant Cohen is here. Grant, how are you? Thanks for coming on. I'm having a good time. My my, my question is, I've never been on this show before. Can I curse? Am I allowed to? You are allowed to curse. Fuck yeah. yeah. It it actually (laughs) creates work for Rob, so it's great. Oh, nice. Is he going to bleep it out? Yeah. Depending on up. what you say, I, I've, I'm a pretty good, but there are some things, you know, that I will uh, I'll reel back in with the bleep. We have a lot to get to today. John Lynch spoke at the combine multiple times. Um, there's there's tons to get to, but I just want to get to this first because I feel like on this show, Levin and I have called out the 49ers press corps multiple times. Other than you, Grant, they are pillowy marshmallowy soft. And I just want to know why is it that you are the only one that can ask a real question? Man, damn, that's loaded. Those are my friends. <laughs> I, I really like Eric Branch, Matt Mayoko, Matt Barrows. They have a whole different way of doing business. And I don't understand really why they do things the way they do. But I was raised by, by my dad, who's from a whole different generation. My dad is 76. He was big in the 80s, back when the Chronicle was as powerful as the Niners. I mean, really, the Chronicle was making big bucks in the 80s, like like a, a, a sports franchise. So they didn't count out of teams back then. I mean, my dad had real power in the 80s, and that's how I was sort of raised to sort of speak truth to power. And it really didn't help my career for 10 years. I was a depressed Democrat making like <laughs> two grand a month. And I, I mean, no one in the Bay wanted to hire me. I mean, I pretty much built this little media empire uh, on YouTube by myself. No one wants to hire me. I'm toxic. So I think that's why people don't do it, because you don't get jobs in the Bay Area if you actually say what's fucking on your mind. You have to, you know, think about what would the Niners not want me to say? Let's well, I'll just, you know, take that off the board. And then you end up being really vanilla and everyone, you know, but you get your 80 grand a year, you get your job and that's great. Um, That's probably what it is. I don't I don't I'm trying not to. I really love those beat writers. They is I mean, I'm not shitting on them. I mean, that's that's a tough job. Uh, but yeah, I think it's kind of, it's like the blog era in the eighties, newspaper people were very confident, but in the two thousands, once the internet came up, I mean, those guys are all survivalists the way I look at it. Like they did what they had to do to keep making money in an era where everyone was getting fired. So they did what they had to do, but this is a new time and I ain't doing that shit. (laughs) Here's what people don't know about Grant Cohen though. If you talk to the other 49ers beat writers, they all love you. They all I have them. nothing but good things to say Thank about you. you. Even though 49ers fans, some of the time, you're not their favorite. Let's just say that. I play the heel, and I play it well. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I don't get is how did the 49ers cultivate that culture? Because it's like like we said, everybody but you. Like what happened to the other columnists? Where did they go? That's what I don't get is where are the other people like I used to, yeah. you know, your dad used to ask questions, but he wasn't the only one that would ask the tough questions. How did everybody else go away? I think it's more a reflection of what's happened to media than what's happened to the 49ers. I mean, look at newspapers, look at, I think 
as these media organs have started to die and lose circulation and money, they're thinking like, well, what's going to bring in money? And they're like, uh, profiles of athletes. Like, I think they think hot takes and opinions don't sell when they're wrong. I mean, they're <laughs> really wrong. I think they're trying to fit. It's just a bunch of people in their 50s trying to figure out how to hang on. I'm so sorry. But the people who are figuring out how to make money in this market are younger and they're much more technical, technically savvy. It just seems like that's the way it's going. I mean, those guys are just hanging on to their job so they can keep, put their kids through college. I, and I get it. I, at 55, are you really trying to reinvent the wheel? No. But at 30, yes. And I feel like we are. I mean, look what we're doing right now. You don't see other people doing this. I don't even right. remember your question. I was just rambling. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Like, <laughs> I, I get it. Like, you know, I was a sports journalist. That's what I went yeah. to school for. And I got out of the game. It doesn't pay. Due to money. Yeah. It doesn't pay. I'm sorry. But this does. But like you said, like people, you know, maybe organizations don't think that hot takes sell or whatever. But it's not even just hot takes, Grant. It's critical thinking. Critical the, thinking. Thank you. We have the perfect example of this right now going on with the 49ers. So it's combine week. Everybody, almost everybody's in Indianapolis. This is when a ton of deals get done. Free agent contracts get discussed. All this stuff, right? The Jimmy Garoppolo trade has been hanging over this franchise for a year. This is the week that that thing is going to get hammered out. And what happens? The first day of the combine, all of a sudden we find out that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have shoulder surgery. He's going to be Right. Not even had it yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's going to be out for 16 weeks of rehab. And John Lynch gets on the microphone today and says, we didn't, we didn't know. We had no idea. Yeah. And he said I, he made the decision to get surgery right. as in Jimmy. So I write and you write, you just wrote, I just read it on Twitter. Is Jimmy Garoppolo trying to nuke his trade value and get released? And the answer I mean, is clearly Yes, you don't, right? have to be, you don't have to be super smart to put two and two together on that one. It's pretty obvious. I mean, he could have got this. He could have got this surgery last month. He still hasn't had it. Still hasn't. He, he could have gotten it before the playoffs or I guess after the Dallas game and helped out the team. But but then you realize, oh, he's got an injury guarantee in his contract. Oh, he's got no guaranteed money unless he's injured. How convenient. So he's going to get seven and a half million dollars coming up real quick. That's great. Break that down for people because I, I really I don't think they are seeing the full picture of what's going on. Last year, he had guaranteed money in his contract and a no trade clause. So he had leverage. He could pretty much say, I, I don't have to go there if I don't want to. Now, no guaranteed money, no, no, no trade clause. So he could get traded to a team he doesn't want to go to. That sucks. And that uh, doesn't want, I mean, they could, he could get cut. He has no leverage. His, his fate is out of his hands. If he does this, if he delays his surgery, has a surgery, gets cut, can't fail the injury, uh, the, the physical. Can't pass the physical. Can't pass the physical. I don't know what I said. Then he gets seven and a half million dollars. There's your guarantee. There's your so then you start there. Now you're free agent, and then you negotiate another deal. That's seems like a very smart agent. His agent is Don Yee. That's mm -hmm. Tom Brady's agent. That's Sean Payton's agent. Dude's Isn't that John Lynch's around. agent? I don't know if he's John Lynch's agent, but he's Sean Payton's and Tom Brady's for sure. He's not messing yeah. around. He knows what he's doing. And I feel like what's happening is they've outmaneuvered the 49ers. Like they're gonna get. <laughs> They're going to get their wish here. They're going to get what they want unless the Niners just hold on to them for, for no reason. I, I feel like what happened was they went out, they looked for a trade. All the teams came back that were interested, and the teams that the Niners are willing to pull a trigger on are teams Jimmy doesn't want to play for. Like, I don't think he wants to go to Washington. <laughs> I, I just feel like, I mean, Washington's going to be a mess. Uh, I mean, you could say politically. I mean, yeah. what is going on in Washington right now 
has entered politics because it's Congress, the worst organization. Right. He does not want yeah. to go into that yeah. and have that storm around him as he's trying to prove himself. I hadn't thought well, of that. I feel like point. that's what's happened is th- yeah. the teams that are, that have matched what the Niners are willing to pull the trigger on, which isn't, mm-hmm. I'm not saying a first, nobody's offering a first, but you know, maybe a team out there doing a second, third round that the the 49ers would pull the trigger on their teams jimmy doesn't want so he said okay i'm not seeing the trade market i want so now i i want my release and the niners go we're not releasing you we'll we'll take whatever else we can get right and so he's saying okay well then let me let me take control of the situation this way all class jimmy garoppolo right (laughs) that's all we heard last and and to be fair i don't blame i don't blame jimmy garoppolo for doing this right move it's if it was my job and my life, I would want to have a say over where I was living and working. I get that. True. But I just am so sick and tired of hearing about how Jimmy Garoppolo was a class guy all last year because he wasn't an asshole to Trey Lance. Like, I'm sorry. I never thought he deserved the credit for that. So professional by not being a jerk. If he gets benched and still is the nice guy. Okay. Then you can give him credit, but he never got benched. So like he acted exactly how he's supposed to act. Right. What are we going to give him a cookie because he wasn't a jerk? <laughs> nice. Nice, Jimmy. It He's is, pretty it, much just like every other athlete is what we're learning. Right. And that's fine. Yeah, that's that's fine. fine. I don't mean right. to slam him for that, but I'm just not giving him a cookie either. Exactly. That's exactly the thing. Um, Lynch. So for the record, your official prediction is what with Jimmy Garoppolo? I said he's going to wind up with the Steelers. Do you think he's going to get traded, cut? What's your official prediction? I think he'll get cut. I don't see oh. any team wanting to, wanting to trade for him coming off of surgery, uh, not going to be able to participate in minicamp or OTAs. I think he's going to get cut. I think he wants to get cut. And I think the Niners need to trade him. They'd have to hold on for a while and wait for the Aaron Rodgers saga to play out. And the Russell Wilson saga to play out. They need cap space now more than they need a fourth round pick. They need that 18 million cap space. And then when he clears his physical down the line, another seven and a half million, they're 4 million over the cap right now. (laughs) If they hold on to him, they're crazy. They should cut him, cut him, get the cap space. That's more important. That's what I told Rob last week on our show, that if they hold on to Jimmy to try to get trade value later, like it's not that they couldn't get underneath the cap some other way with renegotiations or whatever. It's that they can't truly sign free agents. They're going to have to tell free agents, here's the deal we will give you once Jimmy is traded. Nobody's waiting around for that. So they got to get rid of him. Yeah, And I think, I guess I'm not convinced that the Niners will. They just this whole Jimmy saga has been weird with their stance. I'm not convinced they will before Explain the that. deadline. Is it just because it would be such a, a massive PR hit to cut him? No, I just think for some whatever reason, they have a hard time letting Jimmy go. <laughs> it's why so- he started. It's why he's still on this team right now. Like God. I just I have a hard time seeing them willing to let him just released and get nothing out of it. Like I feel like they still have their price that they want or they'll keep him around, which is that's ludicrous. insane. Like, that's I know, insane. I know. But until they actually say, Hey, you're so bad. We don't want you. We're cutting you. <laughs> I'm not going to believe it because you can't have him be Trey Lance's backup for the same no, reason that I, they I don't agree be. that he the, can the be locker good. room is behind Jimmy. It's poisonous to have him together another year. They're exactly. behind Jimmy. Yeah. That's what I said last year. You can't move the new girlfriend into the apartment when the old girlfriend is still living there. You cannot do it. That's what they tried to do. And everyone's going to hate the new girlfriend like she's some Jezebel coming in, trying to break up a happy home. <laughs> that, that's what I was saying. Like, Kittle's, Kittle's comments yeah. and stuff, like once offseason hit, I was critical of it because you could tell he's still Team Jimmy. 
because he's saying, oh, well, Jimmy's or he said, uh, you know, Lance has potential. No, say Lance is the freaking present right now. Say Honestly, he's the starter. Man. Like, what are you talking about potential for still? He, he's gone to battle for, for Jimmy Garoppolo for hours, endlessly. Yep. Anyone who would listen, oh, he's way better than people give him credit for. The most he'll say about Trey Lance is that he's talented. Come on, man. That's your quarterback now. And if you can't get behind him, then maybe we should trade you. All right, explain it. Let's <laughs> see. It all goes back to the crap <laughs> you started on Twitter. Explain it to me, though, Grant. I don't understand this. Mm-hmm. Why does Jimmy have this love in the locker room? I mean, these guys watch the film. Don't they see? Isn't Jimmy being called out when he misses Ayuk running wide open down the sideline or when he freaking airmails Kyle Juszczyk multiple times when he's wide open down the field. What is it about Jimmy that, that has earned this undying loyalty? It's a great question. I've been thinking about it a lot. Think about it from a player such as Eric Armstead's perspective. I've never talked to Eric about this, but try to think of it from Armstead's perspective or Tart's perspective or Jimmy Ward's perspective. These are guys who were around when the Niners really sucked and they were around for Chip Kelly. Then Kyle Shanahan comes in, promising, but they start one in 10. And then for whatever reason, Jimmy comes in, they start winning. And so a guy like a strong safety, a free safety, a defensive tackle, is he really in the offensive meetings being like, oh, damn, dude, he should have got that ball out quicker. He missed his first read. Or are they just sitting back like, I don't really give a fuck. We win with this guy. You know what I mean? Like we didn't win with a lot of other quarterbacks. I just like winning. I'm not going to overthink it. Let's just keep Jimmy from, 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 Hart's perspective, I think it's as simple as that. Or it's also, perspective. You can also throw in the fact that his backups have been, you know. That's true. C.J. Bathard, Nick Mullins. Like, by comparison, he looks a heck of a lot better. Like, yeah. you don't know better. And now you had Trey Lance come in. And, yeah, he's a rookie. So, I, I think there's a little bit of hesitance there from veterans going, I don't, you know, playoff time. I don't want to go to a rookie. Even though, I mean, you you can look at the results and say, couldn't have been worse than what Jimmy put up. <laughs> right. I mean, I think Fred Warner articulated it. He was like, look, the quarterback is the most important position on the team. Jimmy's the quarterback. We tend to win with Jimmy. That's the logic. And I think people are like, I mean, yeah, you can nitpick. You can say this and that, but we win. He's the quarterback. I'll, let's just not mess with it. And from Kyle's perspective, he's like, okay, but it's because of me. <laughs> it's not because of Jimmy. Can you please see it from my perspective? And so far, the locker room's like, no. And that's why I think it's really important that Kyle makes a freaking choice here, gets Jimmy off the team and tells the, the team, like, look, I know you like him, but this isn't a social club. It's a business. Our job is to win this Super Bowl. He couldn't do it. We're going to give it a, a, a try with Trey. Everyone needs to get on board. And if you're not, let me know so I can ship you out of town. He needs to do that because last year was sort of like a half in, half out thing that, I mean, I don't think I don't think worked. And I still think they could have won the Super Bowl, should have won the Super Bowl. But this quarterback thing held him back. I don't think there's any indication that they couldn't have gone just as far with Trey Lance. Like, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo led the team to a grand total of zero offensive touchdown drives against the Packers. He had two touchdown drives against the Cowboys, one of which was a one play 26 yard run, I think, by Debo Samuel. Like, Trey Lance easily could have done that because there wasn't that much that was actually done. So, so let me ask I, you guys a question real quick. I, re- I want to ask you guys a question as a guest. I'm sorry. I'm hijacking the show. Go ahead. Now that we know that Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value is either very low or he's going to get cut, was it the right move for the 49ers to keep Jimmy Garoppolo last year? No. In retrospect. No. 
Like, Fuck we, no. I mean, Rob, Rob, I was at least the middleman. Rob was right away. As soon as the draft happened, get rid of Jimmy. I was, well, you got to know what the locker room is. I said, if, if the locker room is super loyal to Jimmy, you got to get him out of there. Cause the new quarterback needs to yeah. be able to win the locker room. I think in retrospect, that is the case that the locker room was incredibly loyal to Jimmy and they made That's the wrong choice and keeping a guy me. around like you can't have a, a farewell tour as the quarterback nope. and i feel like that's what the niners were thinking they could do let's have a farewell tool uh, tour and i asked rob before the season what happens if this ends up being jimmy wins the super bowl like how are you gonna right. feel in that locker room how's the locker room gonna and feel if you win a super bowl and then you happening. ship them out <laughs> yeah like they were what was the best case scenario here out of him in like a trent deal for season could happen and I was saying before the NFC Championship game, it does not matter what happens in the next Thank two games. Jimmy Thank still you. has to go. Look Got at it. Joe Flacco. The yep. Ravens were worse off for keeping Joe Flacco after yep. winning the Super Bowl. That's um, the worst thing that ever happened to them. Yes, yes. Let yes. me ask you this, because I've heard rumblings of this, and I don't know if it's true, and you would have more insight into this than I would, because I'm living in Connecticut right now. I heard that... When in the beginning of the year, the Niners are moving Lance in and he comes in against Detroit and he throws a touchdown and they're putting him in, in the red zone. I had heard that early on there were some veterans that that did not sit well with and that they went to Kyle Shanahan and said, we don't like this. Stop yep. this. You're undermining Jimmy Garoppolo. Did you catch wind of that? I heard the same thing. I mean, I didn't hear it directly from a player, but I heard yeah. the same rumors around. Yeah, I've definitely heard that. And I think it played out the rest of this. Why, why do they stop using why did they play Lance at the end of the first drive of the first game when he had just broken his finger a couple of weeks before? He was True. not even 100% healthy. They played him at the end of the first drive and then never again after the bye. What, what was that about? I think it's pretty clear what that's about. Right. So let me transition here. You obviously created a, we can call it a shitstorm on Twitter and everywhere else with your George Kittle thing uh, <laughs> saying that they should trade him. So I want to I want to flip it. And give okay. me two reasons why they shouldn't trade George Kittle. Okay. I it's funny because I've I, I do a YouTube channel and basically all my guests have been coming on this week. Like respectfully, Grant, <laughs> I disagree. And so I've heard all the counter arguments, and there's some really good ones. The main one is you don't want to take weapons away from Trey Lance. That's the last thing you want to do. Like theoretically, when healthy, the Niners have the best trio of weapons in the league in IU, Debo, and Kittle. If you want Lance to be a success and people not to compare him to Jimmy Garoppolo, give him all the weapons that Jimmy Garoppolo had. I think that's probably the best argument. The other argument would be that, you know, you don't know that he's going to get hurt again and he might bounce back to me. Um, I'm really, really concerned about his injuries. Maybe you could say you should be concerned about Debo's injuries too. I mean, Debo, he, he pulls his groin and hamstring fairly consistently. Those are non-contact soft tissue injuries. Kind of scary. That being said, He's coming off an all-pro season. He's 26. If you pay him, I don't think his value is going anywhere for a while. George is a different case. He's almost 29. And I think even though he's had two injury plague seasons, missed 11 games the last two seasons, I think his his value is still pretty high. Like a first-round pick or, or another all-pro. I think you could get Xavier Howard for him, and he's an all-pro corner. If he has a Kittle, another – injury plague season where he misses three to eight games and gets about 800 yards and five touchdowns. And then next year you try to trade him and he's approaching 30. He's had three straight. I just feel like his value drops significantly. Kind of like how Jimmy's value went from a first maybe after 2019 to a third in 2022, <laughs> nothing. Now I'm just saying you've got to be cognizant of that. I think time is of the essence with Kittle. 
even though he's an excellent player when healthy. That's all I'm saying. He's getting to be that age where you have to wonder, is it a year early or is it a year late? I have heard that Kyle is a lot more like Bill Belichick than people give him credit for. Good. Do you think that that is true? Like, because Bill Belichick would be like, we got George, we got to get rid of George when his value is high. He'll get rid of yeah, you too early. Yeah. Do absolutely. you think that Kyle is like that too? No, I think he would like to be like Belichick, but Belichick has all those rings. So any decision he he, yeah. he can, he can, it's like, I'm doing it. I'm Bill Belichick. And the <laughs> locker room would be like, well, fuck, Bill Belichick did it. With yeah. Kyle, he doesn't have that. He hasn't won anything. And I think he was really worried about losing the locker room this year, which is why he kept Jimmy and played him. So I think he would love to be like Belichick, but <laughs> all of Belichick's disciples want to be like Belichick and they fail because they don't have his stripes. And they his don't have Tom Brady. Right. I mean, Belichick failed in his first chance. So, True. I mean, you, you got, you got to know that True. winning allows that. Um, so we got something from John Lynch that came out with Bobby Turner's expected to be back after a one-year sabbatical due to knee issues and just needing a break. I saw that, and my initial thought was, well, I doubt the Niners are going to bring in a new running back then because Bobby Turner was their Mm -hmm. guy. They send him, he finds the running back that will fit the scheme, and they bring him in. That's been what the Shanahan's have done even before Kyle for a long, long time. They've always used Bobby Turner as, like, find the running back. Yeah. To me, my reaction was that makes Mostert more likely to come back, does it not? I think it does. I was actually just thinking about that. It seems like they want him to come back, and it, it seems like they're optimistic about the knee procedures he's had and Kinlaw's had. I don't know why they're optimistic or why they feel like <laughs> – I mean, they have such a bad track record with this stuff. I know. Uh, and I really wouldn't advise them to bring – I love Mostert, but this team needs to stop trusting their training staff and stop investing in these kind of players because it's been an issue. And I think they should look at this last season as being kind of like an aberration. inside. They don't need to – they need to not invest in players like Mostert. That being said, I fully expect him to come back. <laughs> fully expect him to come back. I think they've talked themselves into him and Kinlaw's being fixed. I hope so, because if he were fixed, then Debo doesn't have to play running back anymore because Debo was filling in for Mostert. Mostert was the only one who gets to the edge. Mostert can do everything yep. Debo can do. I mean, they both average six yards a carry. They're both great. That would be great. And then you can mix in Debo here and there just for like a carry or two a game when when it's time for checkmate, I think it'd be great, but uh, I wouldn't hold my breath. It seems like a fantasy at this point. <laughs> I want to get to the coaching staff, though, because John Lynch is so like his main job is doing exactly what he did yesterday, which is deal with the media. So he comes out and they say, why isn't Kyle Shanahan at the combine? And he says, well, Kyle's he's doing some scheme work. And it's like scheme work. That sounds an awful lot to me like teaching the other coaches what the hell is going on. There has been tremendous coaching turnover this offseason. The offensive coordinator is gone. Bobby Turner is gone for at least a year. Multiple offensive line coaches are gone. Your tight end coach is gone. You have a new wide receivers coach. No 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 quarterback coach. Right. None of the coaches know the scheme. Like yeah. he's got to teach those guys. Does he? Like I'm amazed at the amount of coaching turnover we are seeing in one off season for the 49ers. You know, it's hard to remember that the Niners were three and five and Kyle's seat was getting a little warm because they went on that great run. But I still think that there were may have been consequences for that. And I think it's interesting that like the defense is good. The defense has been good for three years. The offense has been sort of like puzzlingly underwhelming in Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan's tenure. And he's an offensive guy. You could put it all on 
Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think maybe the deal is that he needs to kind of overhaul this offense and go a totally different direction, bring in new coaches, bring in a new quarterback. And I, I think it's cool. Um, I think it's cool. You need to bring in coaches who really believe in Trey Lance. And I don't know that Mike McDaniel did or Rich Gangarello did. I don't know that they did. Yeah, that, that to me is what it is. I mean, Kyle's flat said he, he doesn't necessarily know how to uh, counter with a running quarterback. He doesn't know how the defense would counter him. So I feel like he he wants offensive turnover because he needs to bring in guys that do know running quarterbacks better, like Anthony Lynn was the first setting. I think that signifies that it, it's definitely Trey Lance next year and all the other stuff is just BS speculation that it's going to be Trey Lance's stuff. But I, I'm going to take this in a different spot because I want to get this in before you run out of time. Mm-hmm. You said something, this is a while back, Uh-oh. so you're going to have to bear with me <laughs> because there's some statistics coming before okay. I get to it. I know I'm fucked already. I already know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, freezing cold tank. Here we go. So you said you would take Fred Warner in 2020 over Patrick Willis. So I got some stats for you. I said oh, that's For four, through four I years, Warner has 25 pass deflections. I can't believe I said that. Willis had 28. You said you would because he's more... He's a smarter. I'm so ashamed. Middle linebacker in there. You said <laughs> I was Bowman of the moment. I take it back. Damn. And Willis were just athletes. Whereas I didn't say that shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So smart. Hold on, Levin. You're gonna have to produce some audio. I totally. This is erroneous. Erroneous. <laughs> I never said this. No. I just watched your, know. Uh, you know, that YouTube athletes? channel you're talking about. Yeah. I never said that shit about. You, you said that they Willis? were more athletic, but Warner is smarter, and so you think you would take him now. So you're going to take that back. So I don't have to go through all these statistics where, where Willis literally beats him in every single thing. Um, sorry. Sorry I ever said that shit. Damn. Okay. Your answer – I didn't have to ask the question then. I was wrong. I was wrong. That's what I was going to say. Like, wrong. Willis to me is like, yeah, he only played nine years no. and didn't Willis play much in the ninth year. Like to me, his no. eight seasons, if no. you take Willis's eight seasons, it's as good as any middle linebacker's eight seasons in NFL history. I agree, Levin. I'm so sorry for offending you. You're right. <laughs> we have all this stuff going on, and Levin's going back to some one line. Now, come on, Rob. You've done a podcast with me. I've talked about it. If we ever get Grant on this show, I'm going to come at him with some of his old takes. <laughs> Look, crazy, here's the I thing. would really consider Patrick Willis as probably the best player I've ever covered. So I don't know how I said some stupid shit like that. Damn. Here's the frustrating thing, though. Like, I try and come out with strong opinions. I, I look at a situation. I analyze a situation. I say what I think. I know I'm not going to be wrong or not going to be right some of the time. I know that's, you're not going to be that's right. That's inevitable. Life. Yeah. But, like, I'm not trying to be right every time. I'm just trying to analyze the situation and say what I think. And if I'm wrong, I admit I'm wrong, and we move yeah. on. Like, Me what too. is wrong with that? You know, Rob, we, you and I are really similar. We like <laughs> to uh, spark interesting discussions. And sometimes you do that with an opinion. Gets people talking. Me and you are the same way. And It's not about being right. It's about the whole discussion, learning from it. Because we're smart people who are curious. And some people, football fans, just aren't like that. They're just like, I don't want to think. Stop making me think, Rob. Why are you making me think? <laughs> I just want to know that everything the Niners are doing is right and it's smart great. and the right move. So, Grant, can I get your seal of approval on this? Because you heard Rob call me a wet blanket. I want to start calling him Baby Cone. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. How dare you? How dare you? Although, if he people... calls you wet blanket, I guess anything's you know fair game. Exactly. That's but- fair. 
there is a segment of the 49ers fan base that does that. It's all champagne and strawberries all the yeah. time for them. Everything is good. There was nobody in the locker room this year that wanted Trey Lance to start over Jimmy Garoppolo, according to them. Nobody, right. even though definitely not Brandon Ayuk. Everybody yeah, was coming yeah. out of the woodwork to defend Jimmy Garoppolo. Brandon Ayuk didn't say shit. Not a fucking word. <laughs> that wasn't an accident. And 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 that's fine, by the way, if Brandon Ayuk wants Lance to start. He worked out with him last year. Like, they seem to have a, a chemistry there. Like, it doesn't mean that Brandon Ayuk was mad all year or, or anything like that. It just means if you asked him, he yeah. would say Trey Lance. Yeah. God love him, too. I love that about him. I love that. <laughs> Stick to your guns, Brandon. You were right the whole damn time. Debo just Debo uh, went to Jimmy because Debo's getting the ball. Debo just right. Jimmy just fed him over and over and over again. How can you be mad at that? Exactly because he was the short route, whereas <laughs> Ayuk was down the field. Yeah. all what it is. He didn't want to. He didn't want to underthrow or overthrow him again. My favorite weekly exercise was watching the film and just watching Ayuk, like yeah, open. watching how Ayuk's open on every open. single yeah, open. open. Like, I I had the opinion before the season. Early in last offseason, I think it was Rob when I said Ayuk is a better receiver than Debo. You did. I say think that. he is receiver wise. Now yeah. Debo added. He was a better football player, right? Exactly. This point. Yeah. But, but Ayuk yeah. is yeah. ridiculously good. I think he Longer could be arms, a top wide hand, receiver if he, yeah. yes. if he was fed the ball, he could put up ridiculous numbers. But I want to talk about Debo because you you were t- kind of talking about his extension and all that. Yeah. I brought up Rob that if I was in position of the 49ers, I would have a hard time giving him a long-term deal because of the way he plays the injuries he's had. And I talked about how you can have him cheap next year and then you can franchise him twice. And that first year you actually get him below what he's expected to probably get in an extension. It'd be about eight. It's 18 and a half for this past year. It's probably going to go up to, you know, 19 or so. Are we talking and about Debo. Oh, okay. So if you franchise him twice, you get him oh. three more years. And that second or the third year, oh, depending on what man. The, I know. <laughs> poor man. He thought he was going to get twenty-five million a year. He really right. thought it, right? The man, third year, the second the franchise gonna was only going to be around twenty-five. So you nice. get him cheaper than what the contract would be. Poor and then Debo. guess what? He's going to be hitting his upper twenties when he's likely to have more injuries. You can let, like to Ruthless. me. That's what I would be doing. Ruthless. It can get worse for him. Let's say they they franchise him this year as a receiver. What about if he has more carries and catches next year? They can franchise him as a running back. Then right he's on. extra fucked. Extra <laughs> fucked. Debo, I'm on your side here. I'm trying to look out for you and you block me. Yeah. De- when Debo called himself wingback, I was like, ooh, Uh-oh. that's bad because he's Don't in negotiations that. right now. Yeah. Don't and then he came that. out the next time and said, no, I'm a wide receiver. It's like, yeah, his agent though. told him, shut your mouth. <laughs> there you go. See that? Um, Debo, don't answer my questions, dog. I'm dying. <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> So this was the other thing that John Lynch said yesterday, which was he was asked once again about the contract of Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa. And look, maybe it's the years I spent under Mike Florio, but he taught me this and I think it's totally true. Every time John Lynch comes out and says Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa are foundational peaches pieces, their agent is like, check. Good. That's good. And John Lynch says, Hey man, we understand their value on and off the field. Their agents are like, good understand good like the more john lynch talks about how good these guys are and how much value they add and how much they understand the price of those contract goes up and up and up like does he not get this you said it on the record did you not say right here yeah true so like he's just making it more expensive for the 49ers to sign those guys not that i care it's not my money players deserve every single penny they get but it's i mean first of all what are you doing (laughs) 
what are you doing? Every once in a while from John Lynch, you get like 30 to 45 seconds of unvarnished, pure truth. And it's like, whoa, what did he? And then he like snaps back into it and he goes back into like GM speak and coach. Yeah. But every once in a while, he'll give you that that window into like absolute reality and truth. And he keeps talking about these guys and like the Bosa deal is going to be 30 million a year. For sure, like book it. Bosa can just write his own check. Whatever he wants, the Niners will give him. Debo's going to get screwed though, for the reasons who Evan just said. They can tag him. <laughs> they can tag him for eighteen million. Oh, yeah. yeah. Debo's going to have to meet him in the middle. Bosa's going to get whatever he wants. So Mayoko said he doesn't know if Debo or Bosa step onto the field next year without a deal. Do you get a yeah. sense that they could hold out? Because if they hold out, that's a different story. Easier for Bosa to hold out. I'm th- his dad was in the NFL. He has. I mean. It's hard to hold out. They they find the shit out of you. I mean, and you don't get the money back anymore. It used to be you could hold out. They'd find you. But then at the end, they'd be like, I will just give it back to you. It's all good. They, you're not allowed to do that anymore. It's I don't know. I mean, Debo could say he would, but he he has hella chains and shit. Like, how much money you guys saved? I'm just saying. I'm just, he spends a lot. He spends a lot for a dude on his first contract. I'm wondering. I'm just saying. I don't. Debo. Good luck, man. They're they're Parag is gonna lean on you, man. I feel so bad. Which one do you deserve, think happens first? You deserve to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. I really do think you're that good. And when Trey Lance becomes a quarterback and you can run more than two routes, they're gonna see it. <laughs> but um Parag's gonna lean on you, man. I'm sorry. Who do you think signs first? Oh man, that's a good question. Probably Bosa, right? Because it seems like they're not gonna be much negotiation. Bosa's gonna be this is what I want, and that's gonna be like sure. With Debo, they're going to be like, mm, not so fast. Sorry. It is crazy that, like, the situations that the – like, this 49ers team is never short of content ever. There's always something going on. There's always something to talk about. Here's the thing. Not only that, but the national news doesn't talk about them. No. So we're the center of – of a team that's as big as the Cowboys, as big as the Yankees. And for some stupid reason, national the national news doesn't cover this team. And the local news covers it with kid gloves. So there, it's just fertile. It, to me, it's like gold rush, man. And this is our time. John Lynch got asked yesterday, how has Jimmy Garoppolo handled the situation? Like, are we se- – seriously, it's March of 2022. Ooh, yeah. Like, what are we doing here? I, I I'm – I've always looked at this as a service job. We are in service of the fans that follow yeah. the team. Yeah. We are supposed to ask the questions that they want asked. How many times do we have to ask a member of the 49ers front office or coaching staff how Jimmy Garoppolo has handled this year? It's pathetic. You said you were supposed to ask the questions that the fans want asked. How many people do you feel are asking the questions that they feel the person being interviewed wants asked? Don't you get that right. feeling? It's oh, like, yeah. Ooh, Kyle's going to love this question. <laughs> Who fucking cares if he likes your question? He's not supposed to like your question. He's supposed to answer your question. Ask a question. Don't try to impress him with your knowledge because you're not going to. You're not going to. <laughs> My favorite part of all of that this season was David Lombardi mid-season saying, well, Kyle Shanahan said it, so you have to believe him because he's always been truthful. It's like he lies out his ass every freaking <laughs> press conference. And then a week later you find out, oh no, that was happening. Like Brandon Ayuk was never in the dog ass. Yeah, bullshit. You can look at the results to know he was. I feel like what you're supposed to do as a as a discerning sports fan, as definitely as a sports analyst, is kind of like read through the PR spin and say what's really going on. 
And what I love about the spreadsheet is he takes everything at face value, like everything, <laughs> and tries to justify it with numbers. It's like it's so it's precious. It's freaking precious. He doesn't like the numbers that make Jimmy look bad. He's like everything the Niners say is true, and I can prove it with these numbers and spreadsheets. Like, dude, you're embarrassing yourself. It's I'm absurd. Sorry. I keep telling yeah. him like these games aren't secret. We could see them. Like, I, it drives me nuts. You can't gaslight I, an entire fan base, and yet. He tries. God bless his soul. It's amazing. Maybe if I put it in a spreadsheet, they'll believe me. It, it, it's the self-righteousness that I think is different. Like, you don't come back with self-righteousness when you write something that stirs the shit. Like, you're like, yeah, I said it. He comes back with self-righteousness like, how dare you right. doubt me? Who yeah. do you think you – do you work for the athletic? No. Keep <laughs> <laughs> being that charming self that you are. What was your reaction when he tweeted out that he's the only one that covered the team really well? This That's like perfect, man. That's just so on, Rick. Keep doing that, man, because people hate it. So keep doing that. Thank you. Well, we've got there. Look, there's plenty of 49ers beat writers with plenty of opinions. I saw Tim Kawakami yesterday complaining about aggregators and talking yeah. about, you know, how aggregators are horrible for big J journalism. And I would love to ask Tim and I will if I ever see him face to face. Where the hell is that big J journalism, Tim? I'd love to see it from you or any of the other 49ers beat writers. Aggregating would... what? We haven't broken the news ever. I almost broke the George Kittles. I got the numbers wrong. It was the closest any one of us has gotten to breaking anything ever. I mean, honestly, like, that's not what we do. It's not how the NFL works anymore. All the news is broken through the NFL Network and ESPN. It's all kickbacks. This is how it works. So if you're a beat writer, like, what is your function? Newsbreaker? I'm sorry. Tim's wrong on that one. Tim's wrong on that one. He's just trying to get people to buy a subscription to The Athletic, which is crazy. I've referred to Adam Schefter as the human five-minute heads up, which is what Mike Florio calls him, which is totally true. Because if Adam Schefter went away, we would not be any less informed about the NFL than we are right now. All this stuff comes out immediately after. The teams just tweeted themselves five minutes later. It's it's frustrating because, like I said, I consider this a service job. And so if you're not digging, if you're not trying to uncover things that the team does not want uncovered, Thank you. What are you doing? What value are you to me? That's an East Coast journalist right there. It's not a story. It's not a it's not a scoop unless the team didn't want it out there. You 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 beat the team by 10 minutes, not a scoop. You you, you put out something there that was very that was troubling for the team that they didn't want. No, that's that's journalism. Good. And that never happens anymore. Very rarely, especially not out here. It doesn't happen because no. they get cut off. Yep. That's what happens. You don't get any more exclusives. No. You don't get to sit down one-on-one with John Lynch. Great. Like, we all know who always gets that one. But there's no value in that when you're there's not going to ask him anything. And they won't answer. And now they won't even let you in the locker room anymore. So what's the what's the value yeah. of their of their press pass? I get to ask a question, one question in a Zoom meeting. Great. Yeah. Sweet. And you won't answer it. And I can't follow up. Yeah, that, that would be really difficult. I've thought about that before when I've heard some of the, like, when you can actually hear the questions being asked. I'm like, oh, there's an obvious follow-up there that's needed to actually have that article. Zoom, that and I have to, like, raise my hand, and they're like, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. They know. Yeah. they know what the follow-up yeah. is, and they it, don't want you to ask it. follow-up because they know how to step around one question, but then you back them into a corner with the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys, I assume this doesn't happen then, like, you, Mayoko, Kawakami, do you ever like huddle up and be like, hey, we got to ask these, we got to, you know, drill down on this, on this topic, whatever it is. Cause like, I feel like Tim, when it, when Harbaugh was there, Tim went at Harbaugh 
about about the players. Tim changed when he went to the Adelaide. and their off field issues. Be honest. Tim called Jim Harbaugh out on his bullcrap, and I loved it. And I went to I saw Tim at the Super Bowl, and I walked up to him and said, "Thank you for doing that. I respect you for doing that. I appreciate it." And he said, "Whatever. Can you get Florio to come on my podcast?" <laughs> is what he basically said. But he doesn't. Nobody does that anymore, except for my you. dad used to do it. He retired. Tim used to do it. He retired, or I don't know what he does now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. I try to do it. It's just the way that they've they just keep pushing journalists further and further away. You're yeah. in the same room with them now. It's Zoom. You're in the locker room now. You're not. Now it's like here are the players we want you to talk to. Here are the topics we want you to. It's like, all right. All right, it's 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 depressing. It's bleak. It's why. Let's be honest. It's why journalism's dying. All right, let's, changing. Let's, it's changing. 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 Yeah, I can't be mad when I'm making money hand over fist. I'm not going to be like lamenting. I'm saying like I like the way journalism's evolving. Really, like very much. <laughs> I, I would say right. journalism is evolving into something I wouldn't necessarily call journalism. It's not there yet, but it seems like, like you said. A lot of the people these days, all they're doing is rehashing. No, I stuff. you can't rely on the you you can't rely on the on the team to help you. Like they're not going to no. help you with access. You have to go around the team. You have to have sources around the league. You have to go to agents. I, I mean, it's just the teams are there to say no and to get in your way and to put out propaganda, and you actually have to work around it. And that's why I love the spreadsheet so much because he's he's like, <laughs> all I have to do is pretend I work for the 49ers and just say everything they do is correct and smart. It's like. Man, you know they have a whole team that does that, right? Like, you know you're not getting paid by the Niners to do that, right? Like, you're supposed to have an independent perspective, but I guess that's what the athletic wants is not make waves or something. Anyway, I guess I'm not getting hired by the athletic anytime soon. I'm cool. <laughs> like Sorry. a twig on the shoulders of a mighty stream. I don't really oh. believe in the whole, um, not to go off on the athletic, but the whole uh, subscription paywall model. Like, honestly, I love it too because it makes me even more popular. Like, put all your shit behind a, a – paying for writing? First of all, first of all, first of all, first of all. Do you know that kids don't read anymore? Athletic? <laughs> Did you not know that? Like you, your reading ship is like people 40 and all. Like, what are you anyway? They'll figure it out eventually when they go out of business. Sorry. Oh man, I could keep you all night, Grant, but I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for jumping on with us. You've come up frequently during our episode, so it's nice to actually have you here to bounce this stuff off of you. So thank you very much. Grant Cohn, Sports Illustrated, all 49ers. You see him on YouTube everywhere. Thank you for the time, sir. That was a lot of fun. Anytime. Well, Levin, I, I've lost track. I have an index card here. As you can see, it's covered with, <laughs> if you're watching the video, it's covered with writing. I, I lost track of the swears. Like, I can't do it. He got me to swear, which I try not to do. This is just going to be an explicit X-rated episode of the Gold Standard Podcast. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Look, I know that, you know, we got a little doom and gloom and negative... I have had frustrations about this team, about how it's handled things and about how it is covered for a while. So I forgive me if I vented a little bit with Grant, but I had to kind of get that off my chest and hopefully now we can move forward. You know what we're in right now? The season of lying? Uh, no, the season of change. This is the change from this regime's version 1.0 to version 2.0. You see that with the coaches? Point. Yeah, I never got to that point. I, I had that written down, but never... Never quite made sense to go there um, with Grant. But, yeah, we're, we're entering version 2.0. There's going to be some changeover. Jimmy's going to be gone. There's the whole coaching staff pretty much is different on the offensive end other than Kyle. We're going to version 2.0. And I actually had the thought, when's the last time a coach did that on this team? 
And I had to go back and it's, you could argue Mariucci because he transitioned from young to Garcia, but I would argue the core of that team was still the same team. You still had Terrell Owens, you, you know, you, you could argue Mariucci, but I think it's Seifert making the Montana to young. And even then you have somewhat of an argument of, well, yeah, you still had Jerry Rice and all the other stars. So it's not necessarily a full change. And then obviously you go back to Walsh. Like this team has not had success to the level that they had in 2019 and then had a successful turnover with the same coaching head coach and succeeded. Hadn't happened. Totally. And you know what? Honestly, I think it doesn't really happen in today's NFL. Usually you get fired before you get a chance right. to do 2.0. There's um, only a handful. And normally it takes a team being patient. Like John Harbaugh could have been fired a little while ago when they went down uh, after the Super Bowl and they crashed because their salary crap was hell because Flacco was a selfish prick. And <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, they could have. They could have fired him, and there was talk that he might get fired, and then all of a sudden they started making the playoffs again. Like, it normally takes patience. Same with, you know, the Steelers right now. You know, there's always – it seems like every year there's a little bit of talk that maybe they should move on. Maybe they should move on, and and they don't. They've had patience. So be patient is what I'm telling the 49ers fan base because it's going to be some bumps in the road probably having a first-year starting quarterback. Absolutely. But you know what? I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun as hell because as, as I think many, they should be at least 10 and seven like they as, were as many bumps in the road as we will see. And I agree with you. Uh, and again, I try to tell people this, like there's going to be bumps in the road with Trey Lance. It's not always going to be pretty, but here's the thing. We have been on the bumpy road already. The thing yep. that I think we're going to get with Trey Lance is we are going to get some holy shit plays. And we right. have not had from the quarterback, not from Debo breaking six tackles and running down the field. I'm talking about from the quarterback, you're going to get some holy shit plays and it's going to be so much fun. So I think, I think 49ers slash Kyle Shanahan 2.0, as you put it, could be way more fun than what we've seen already. And what we've seen already is a Super Bowl and an NFC championship game in two out of the last three years. Agreed. So I got one more thing that I never got to with Grant. All right. Do you think Kyle not being at the combine Lynch's comments about how he's concentrating on scheme changes and stuff signals that Kyle is more hands off when it comes to the draft. Like he gave up some control when it comes to the draft. I thought about that. And I almost wrote about that this week. It's funny that you bring that up. That was my first instinct. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe he just never gave a crap about the combine to begin with. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if he's really not as involved as we think, like he will wait until we're closer to the draft. And he might have some prospects that he finds that he's like, hey, put this guy on the board. But then he waits until the board is kind of there. And then he starts looking, okay, who are these guys? Rather than looking at a thousand people, he's looking at 150 people. Which uh, honestly, like I wouldn't blame him. Like you can't, there's only so much time in a day, man. Like it's just flat out. Lynch Peters are, are there for a reason. Exactly. Like that is literally their whole job. Kyle has a whole bunch of other stuff to worry about. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be fun. Well, hopefully Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded. I have said I don't think that he's going to get traded, or I think that he's going to get traded before the start of the new league year. I think maybe by the end of the combine, he might get traded. Now with this whole injury news, who the hell knows? I keep I would saying, put odds on release now. Whatever. Whatever is going to happen with Jimmy, just go. I need a vacation. 
I need a week off. I can't take a week off until Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever happens with Jimmy Garoppolo happens. So get on it, 49ers. I, need I, I just want May 15th to come, and it's not 49ers is Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Let him be somebody <laughs> else's problem. Whether he's free agent or with another team. Like, I, I, I just, I get the feeling that the teams that were willing to trade, Jimmy has said no to, and so Jimmy knows now, Okay, you're going to freaking cut me because I'm just going to use my no trade clause with every single offer that's out there. And you know what? Good for Jimmy Garoppolo for exercising his leverage to get what he wants. Russell Wilson wants out of Seattle so badly, but he's so afraid to use the leverage and the power that he has because he's going to get criticized for it that he's not going to do it. And he's going to end up staying in Seattle and he's going to waste his career playing for a Seahawks team with Pete Carroll who wants to run the ball 50 times a game. Like if you've got leverage as a player, use it. You deserve it. The owners run the friggin' world, man. If you've got any leverage at all as a player, you deserve to use it. So I don't and blame I Jimmy get, Garoppolo for doing this. I get frustrated with the people that say, oh, yeah, like he's going to give up the $25 million and take a pay cut. Well, it depends on how you look at it. Because, yes, it's a pay cut in year one if he gets released because he's probably not going to find $25 million out there. But if he goes to the wrong situation where there's not help there, and he doesn't do well, they He'll don't never, win. He'll never, He'll never get a chance again. And he will get backup money. Whereas if he goes to the right team that he can win with, he could earn a $20 million a year long-term deal. Like he, he could make $30, $40, $50 million more on his next deal than he would if he goes to the wrong situation. So yes, it's worth giving up that pay cut of next year. A thousand percent. And that's what I totally agree with you. I've said that on Twitter. I've been screaming it. People don't want to hear it. Whatever. We'll see how it all plays out. Levin. I think by next week, which will be what? March 10th. Um, I would be surprised if Jimmy was still on the team one way or another trade release, whatever we'll find out. Again, thank everybody for listening. Thanks again to Grant Cohn for hopping on with us. Please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We always appreciate all your support. You've been unbelievable supporting us last year, this year. We are going to keep everything rolling for you, so it's the perfect time to subscribe. All that good content is going to come right to your phone. You won't even have to think about it. Levin, last thing before we go. Big weekend plans for you. What do you got? (laughs) Uh, Working. Woo, yeah, big, big plans. Awesome. Yay. Human wet blanket. Oh, Enjoy yes. your week, everybody. It's a wet blanket to have to work. Not everybody <laughs> gets to sit in their basement for work. Hey, I got a good job. What do you want from me? Enjoy your week, what, everybody. Well, well, what are your big weekend plans, huh? Shut up. Yeah. Oh, uh, Mr. Doesn't have to work the weekends, has no weekend plans, huh? I won't be working. That's the best thing I can say. Although oh, this is hardly. I, I so hope you just jinxed yourself and there's a <laughs> Jimmy, there's Jimmy Garoppolo thing, like right at Saturday, <laughs> at like nine p.m., like right after your kids go to bed and you and the wife are like, "All right, you know, let's let's watch a movie together or do something, you know, with no kids because they're in bed." And boom, Jimmy. That would just be the perfect capper to the shit Sunday. Or, or should it was... be a Sunday afternoon thing so he can ruin another one of your Sunday afternoons? Wait, why why stop now, Jimmy? Let's just keep the streak rolling until you're gone. Enjoy your week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.